welcome back to No Wheel Knowledge. This week we'll be talking about the Silverstone Grand Prix, and this week we've also got a couple of extra things to talk about, as Amy actually went to Silverstone and saw a lot of the action live. So on top of talking about the regular race week events, we also discussed some of Amy's experiences, but most of those will be left for a future episode, so look forward to that. As for this one, we hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy this recap over the British GP weekend. Hello everyone and welcome back to No Wheel Knowledge. This week we are recapping the Silverstone GP. It's just me and Amy this week, um, but I think the two of us have got it covered. Just to preface, Amy did go to Silverstone. I did. And I'm changed. I'm a changed woman. However, we're gonna keep we're gonna hold off on most of like the actual like in-person aspects of the race until a couple of weeks because I'm going to be going to the Formula E pre in New York. So exciting. Comparing those two experiences. Because, yeah. um, you know, racing is great, especially when you go to see it live. So we're going to have a whole episode it. about that. Truly, yeah. truly. What we're going to do today is really just talk about the race, talk about the things that happened over the course of the Silverstone weekend. First and foremost, uh, the new camera. New camera? Yeah, they have a new camera on the car. I'd like you to take a wild guess as to where that camera is. Oh, the foot, the pedal. Yep. That was interesting though. That was it really is, cool. It is very interesting. However, at the same time, the amount of foot jokes this weekend. <laughs> Maybe Liberty, you know, I don't know who's running that place, but um, mm. <laughs> it's definitely an interesting one. But as someone with racing experience in go-karts, watching that is so cool because you don't quite realize how gentle they have to be. Yeah, I kind of imagine that they just kind of slammed their feet down, but it's not like that at all. It's not like it at all. <laughs> no. It's, it's very different to what people imagined, I think, they do. But they also only had Lando's, and apparently Lando has a gentler driving style compared to a lot of people. Okay. Um, I think they said that Lewis is a little bit more aggressive when it comes to pedal work, so I'd like to see it in his car and compare. Or put it in two driver's cars, like, put it in, I don't know, Danny's car and in Mick's car, and let's compare those. Because there's like late breakers and stuff like that yeah, as well. Exactly. So yeah. yeah, it'd be really cool to see. That would be very cool. And also just to touch on a couple of things that we talked about in the Canada episode, Lena and I talked a lot about Nelson Piquet. And that whole oh show. right, okay, cool. Yeah. Um it seems that his uh British Racing Driver Club membership has been terminated. Good. And he has most likely been banned from the F1 paddock, but I personally haven't seen anything official confirming it yet, so I'm not sure. It seems to me a bit like no one's, not no one's talking about it, but F1 aren't really talking about it anymore. No, they aren't. Um, And on top of that, um, we also talked about Yuri a lot. Um, On top of that, Red Bull are keeping Yuri as a junior driver. They're not bunched punting him from the junior program they have terminated his reserve driver contract however Mm, i'm not sure i'm not sure either he's still a red bull junior and mm, i okay i'm 
we talked about this last week as well. Lena and I were pretty satisfied with Hitech's GP statement about it. However, okay. Red Bull have a history of enabling this kind of behavior. A hundred percent. We know well and good everything that happens with Max and all that. Well, speaking like of which, year. speaking of which, um, because we are recording this, it is currently Wednesday, July sixth. Um, the Helmet Marco interview came out earlier this morning. I don't want to touch on that real quick since we're already mm-hmm. in that vein. Yeah. How dare he? <laughs> I hate him so much, honestly. For anyone that doesn't know, Helmut Marco came out with an interview. I think it was in German, which is why Lena was contacting us about it. Um, that spoke about Yuki, mainly. And Marco, and I quote, calls Yuki the Tsunoda. And compare, yeah. While comparing him to Max, which just, like, first of all, fully objectifies this poor kid. Bad vibes. When have you ever gotten good vibes from Helmet Marco? Never. Absolutely, Maybe exactly. When he leaves. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether it was a podcast or, like, a journalism interview, but he says that they got Yuki, a psychologist, to talk about his messages on the radio because apparently he yells and swears so much that the engineers never get a word in. But we know this is a lie. That's not true at all. It's not true at all. (laughs) Because most of the messages that I hear that are played from Yuki's car is like back and forth communication. It's not one way. That's insane. He's allowed to say that and it gets published. Uh, That's crazy. It makes me wonder what these people say behind closed doors, you know? Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. That's, like, just how bad is it? Um, so there was that. However, people are even more frustrated with the fact that there is this massive double standard going on. Because look at what Max was saying literally this weekend. <laughs> You're so right. It's always, like, one thing for Max and mm. another thing for everyone else. Exactly. He's their, He's Red Bull's golden boy. And it seems they think he can do no wrong. Um, well, all I heard was him whinging all weekend. But it's okay when it's Max. He's passionate. But when anyone else does it, they're, like, need a psychologist. <laughs> Literally, what the fuck? Literally, so what weird. the fuck? It's not okay. I really hope... I don't really think Yuki will have an option because he's so managed by... Helmet Marco. He's so, so aggressively managed by Franz Tost and Helmet Marco. Combined. Yeah. Like, like it's the just... Netflix thing was really uncomfortable. Mm. I, I didn't find it funny. No. I found it like back off. Yeah, it felt like they were just getting in his space. He didn't want any of them there. No. Fe- and also it started like... with them making him move to Italy. Like Yeah, and then he was I listened to his um Beyond the Grid episode. Like the podcast mm-hmm. and he was talking about how like the swearing thing is just because it's how he grew up around like mechanics and stuff and yeah. it isn't deep like it's just um kind of his language and personality to him also because english is his second language and yeah. i know a lot of people have this relationship with second languages the swearing doesn't hold as much weight as yeah. much weight it doesn't like there's very good, um, first of all, there's very interesting studies about, like, how if you swear in your mother tongue, it releases endorphins, and it's actually, like, a stress-relieving process. 
I don't know how much that changes for second languages, but I have a feeling that it's not nearly as uh, like, yeah. impactful. I just don't think he's. it's coming from that place, the same places. Yeah. It might be if it was his like, first language, but obviously Red Bull don't see it like that. they seem to think they have a problem child which yugi is a full fully grown man do you think it's anything to do with like the spin with pierre gasly's maybe maybe there's still some of that left but i have no idea honestly i hope it's not because yugi sounded so guilty i did i don't it was misjudged, but it wasn't... It wasn't on purpose. It wasn't It wasn't like Baku 2018, you know? And that's what I was about to say, yeah. It was It was completely different from that. Yeah, no, I... Anyways. But before we continue on that, I guess I can just, like, recap the events of this weekend really briefly when it comes to actual racing stuff. In terms of the FP sessions, FP1 was wet. We had Stroll and Latifi going into the gravel. FP2, there was a technical directive from the FIA on porpoising that was announced that says that all the teams have two races to test changes to see if it their purposing decreases and if it doesn't then they have to raise their cars um science got a complete chassis change besides that there wasn't really anything big in the fp sessions we just found out that a lot of people brought upgrades like williams have new side pods um, Mercedes brought a new suspension chassis, wing, and floor. Red Bull have aero upgrades, and Alpine had a bunch of upgrades. I think the only team that didn't really have any major upgrades was Haas. Mm-hmm. Everyone else brought yeah. upgrades. We had a wet qualifying, um, <laughs> which was a lot of fun. It how was, how was it standing in the rain for a while? That because it kind of showed who was there because they loved the sport and who was there because they were at like a corporate event, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the like diehards were out in the rain and qualifying is so weird. Like they're just kind of going around but like not together and there's like speakers and they shout out the timings and it's really hard to like grasp where everyone is. But mm-hmm. um it was really good. It was very rainy and your updates were very helpful because I didn't actually know what was going on <laughs> most <laughs> of the time. I just was like, Lewis <laughs> Because with like the neon um, helmet, I was like, "Yeah, go Lewis!" And then somebody had like Sky on their phone, mm. so we mm. were all like looking at the sky, like trying to work out the leaderboard. But Carlos oh my pole was not what I thought was going to happen. Um, <laughs> a bit unexpected, but it was really good. Just like judging from the outside, who did you think was going to end up on pole? Genuinely thought Lewis. I because really? at one point he was like P two for like mm-hmm. ten minutes or something. I was like, oh my god, it's happening. And then it kind of like went a bit pear shaped. But um I also kind of thought Max was gonna get it, even though he did mm-hmm. that 360 spin. He just wasn't that right so... in front of you? It was right in front of me and I didn't press record. I oh my god. But um he was so dominant that mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, it was, it's gonna be him on pole and that's okay. We'll mm-hmm. just move on. But um yeah, I was happy with Carlos getting pole. I thought yeah. it was different, yeah. at least. Yeah. But in Q1, Grand Prix. the stuff that you probably didn't see, Valtteri spun and Danny yeah, spun. Yeah, I didn't see it, and you told Q1. me. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then knocked out in that session was from the bottom up. 
So we had 20th Lance, 19th Mick, 18th Seb, 17th Magnuson, and 16th Albon. So both Haas's, both Aston Martins, and Alex, which sad session. <laughs> then in Q2, there was a lot of stuff over the radio of Mercedes struggling with grip. Um, yeah, you don't get any radio stuff. That's really? something I really missed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't even play it over the speakers or anything? They do, but it's so crackly. You cannot hear. Oh, literally. Q2 was much more wet. It started pouring at that point. And then Knocked Out and Q2 were, again, from the bottom, Ocon, then Danny, then Yuki, then Valtteri in 12th, and Pierre was 11th. So once again, we had Guan Yu out qualifying Valtteri this weekend, which was really cool. And then in Q3, it stopped raining, and it was Nicholas Latifi's first ever Q3 on merit. Wild. It was wild. <laughs> I did not see it coming at all. So happy for him. Yeah. They said that it might rain at the end of the session, but I don't think it really ended up raining at any point towards yeah, the end. Yeah, so weird saying. because the rain was like rain, and then it was like nothing. It rain. <laughs> it was just so like, as soon as the cars came out, it started raining, basically. Uh, it made it more exciting, I guess. Yeah. We had Nikki spin in Q3. I think that's when uh, Max and Charles also spun in Q3. Because they both did it in similar places. Yeah, I had no idea that they were all spinning. I was just yeah, like, a Lit. bunch of people spun. <laughs> I think it's very funny that um, like Charles spun, and a few minutes later, Max manages to spin in the same spot in the same way. Besties, truly, you spin, I spin, exactly. <laughs> um, but then Q three, we had, as you said, Carlos and Paul. Max was second. Charles was third. Checo was fourth. So we had Ferrari, Red Bull, Ferrari, Red Bull. Then we had Lewis, P5, Lando, P6, Alonso, P7, George, P8, because they tried out the slicks and that didn't really go for them. Guan Yu, P9, and then Latifi, P10. That was qualifying. After that, no other real problems. And then race day rolls around. It's dry. People are Very like, oh, hot. it's going to rain at some point. Was it hot? Well, for me, it was like 22 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> for me, that's... Was roasting in Britain. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, but it was dry. They were talking about it raining towards the end of the session, and then never yeah. did. No, there were big clouds, but it didn't big clouds. But there was a lot of fun pre-race stuff. Um, my favorite ones I'm gonna mention is first of all Lewis stealing Lando's hat. That was cute. That was very cute. They also aired, which I'm guessing you guys didn't see. They aired an interview that Lewis did at Kensington Palace. Oh, I watched it, like, when I got home. Like, the 25-minute mm. one. Quite long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's good. They aired, I think, like, 12 minutes of it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but still, it was a really, really nice interview. The two people who were asking Lewis questions were very insightful. Mm -hmm. um, I really enjoyed it, and I hope they do more stuff like that, and the fact that they actually gave people other than the Sky Pundits a chance to interview Lewis. Fantastic. They ask good questions. They ask great once. questions. And they ended up giving Lewis a gift at the end. Like, everyone what was wins. the gift? They gave him a hoodie. A hoodie? The oh. hoodie that the guy was wearing. Oh, really? He gave a matching one to Lewis. Mm -hmm. That's lovely. Okay, It's very cool. cute. And for a fun stat, this was the second race in a row that was um, someone... 
it was 150th start was on pole. Carlos. Yes, it was Carlos' 150th start and he was on pole. Sky liked that statistic a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Pit lane opens. There's a flap on Carlos's side pod that started flapping around, but they fixed it. And then Ferrari sends us into a panic by having to open up Charles's car. Oh my god. No. Trauma. Alarm bells. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it was just an electronics box. They fixed it. It was fine. Okay. Um, as right before the start, they're like, oh yeah, all three tires are being used. Just note that Max was on softs, George was on hard tires, and most everyone was on mediums. So Max being on soft tires, it gives him an extra three meters at the start to just kind of zoom ahead. Okay, because that's another thing. They didn't really tell you that much about tires. Like in mm. Sky, you get all the graphics, yeah. but you kind of miss that. But mm. yeah, that's unfortunate. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. But the race starts, and then we have that crash. It was scary. Because on TV, you s- they the shot that they show for turn one, so you see them coming down the straight, and then they switch to a shot that's facing the cars after turn one. So it's like, they come down yeah. the straight, they turn, and you're looking at the noses of yeah. like Max and Carlos coming directly at you. And I'm watching these cars come through, start to take turn two, and you just see a car upside down in the background go whoosh. Really? Because yep. I was so confused when you said there was a crash. And I was like, where? We haven't heard about any crash. We were still waiting for the cars. We were at yeah. Stowe, I think. So yeah. I watched it back. And when it flipped over the tyres, yeah. the fence. That's, the, that's the scariest part, I think. Oh, my God. Oh my god, I've never seen a crash like that. I've never... But what was helpful was that after they confirmed that everyone was okay, um, I actually like that Sky do this. They go through and very carefully analyze why a certain uh, incident happens. Yeah. Karim Chandok was doing that this weekend. And just his analysis. So what happened... So George and Guan Yu were essentially starting side by side. And... As they all start, Latifi gets like a banger of a start in, goes between George and Guan Yu, and Pierre is behind Latifi, and he sees what Latifi does and tries to do the same thing. However, George starts moving over, probably because he didn't expect Pierre to go for that gap, and Pierre taps George's rear tire. George gets in sliding into Guan Yu, and Guan Yu then goes sliding and then hits another car, which starts him flipping. And Alex? Alex's incident was separate. Um, Alex was braking for someone. I think he braked behind Valtteri, who was braking for Guan Yu's accident because they saw like smoke and debris flying. So a lot of people started backing each other up. Alex slows down and what happened was Vettel didn't manage to slow down quickly enough. And Vettel taps Alex from behind. It's not even that aggressive of a tap. It's a fairly gentle one. But it sends Alex into the concrete barrier and into the person who was in front of him. Oh, so it was like dominoes. Like, yeah, it was It was yeah. very much a domino effect. Okay. Um, so that's that was that incident. It's also why Pierre went down to Alfa Romeo during the red flag. 
because okay. he felt that he was responsible. Right. Okay. And George getting out of his car. My yeah. So, I mean, we see the incident go down. We see George skid to a stop. Um, he gets out of his car because he sees the car hanging upside down and he obviously as all of us know know that that's not good not good <laughs> not good <laughs> a car is not meant to be stuck between the metal gates and tech I've never seen a car there in my life it's i'm surprised it got launched over the barriers i will not be surprised if next year they actually raise those barriers i mean kind of hope that they do i was worried with the crowd at one point yeah it's because this i saw i think espn posted a few videos from fans that were sitting Mm -hmm. in that spot and you see the car come flying towards you but rather than the car feeling like it's gonna hit you there's then gravel coming up from where the car slid and there's just like a bunch of gravel being thrown right in the crowd's face but it, it was really weird that the gravel didn't slow the car down at all, really. Um, like, kind of skidding over it. It was it was almost like like how a rock skips across water. Yeah. But I um, thought gravel was meant to bring it to a complete halt. What happened there was that uh, because Guan Yu slid initially over a bunch of asphalt before the gravel, his roll hoop, which on the F1 car, there's the... There's a halo, but mm-hmm. behind the driver, there's this like raised structure, right? That has like the vent, yeah, the yeah. structure that holds that, like it's meant to build that vent. There's the roll hoop in there uh-huh. and that's like made to withstand a crazy amount of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. But because it wasn't direct pressure down, but rather sliding pressure, it essentially shaved it off. Wow. Okay. okay. I don't know if you've seen the photos of the damage from Guan Yu's car, Alfa Romeo posted pictures. Which I mean, all I've seen is like scary. Yeah. <laughs> but do you think the car? Do you think the people are gonna the people, the FIA are gonna look into like how that was possible? I think they will. I think that's gonna be. Um, they're gonna redefine how those specs work. Mm-hmm. Um, because the fact that like it, it is meant to withstand a couple of tons of pressure. But I don't think it's meant to withstand like shaving. Yeah. Um, Because you can always learn from stuff like that, obviously. Exactly. So I think they're gonna take a look at like specifically the sides of the roll hoop, not the top, the sides, um, and see what they can do about it. Because that was. I also think it hit it at such a strange angle that you just wouldn't ever think that the F1 car would be at that angle. Yeah. But because the asphalt shaved that off, there was nothing to, like, get stuck in the gravel. It was essentially a flat surface skidding over it. Right, okay. That's why he didn't go... So he didn't stop. And instead you see a plume of smoke. Like, last year when Max went skidding across at, like, Maggots Mm. and Beckett's, I think. Yeah. Um, It did slow the car down. It was still a big impact, but... Not like going over. Oh, and cops, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. His cops accident. Yeah. Yeah. No, he that gravel slowed it down because he had tires. Yeah, I think it got <laughs> onto it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with Guan Yu's car, it literally was like a flat surface that went across the gravel. But apparently, he was confused as to why everyone was cheering when he went back to the pit. Um, pit wall, he was confused as to why everyone was so worried because to him it wasn't a big deal he was fine 
<laughs> and they were all like, no, they're all cheering and clapping for you. And like the medical team and the noise was so loud. Like I knew when he got out of the car because mm-hmm. the noise was so loud. I was like, oh, That's you must crazy. be okay. But um, my goodness. And Alex actually had to have like longer stay in hospital, even though on the surface, like it didn't look as dramatic, but it's weird well, how safe It's like we I are. said a little while ago with these impacts, like it may not, like Guan Yu's looks scary. Alex's was scarier because he hit a concrete wall. Yeah. Um, yeah. That impact is much worse. So that's a shockwave that went through his entire body. And he probably needed to get like concussion checks and all that. I cannot imagine watching that on TV. I was blessed. I had no idea what was going on. It was it was spooky. We had we didn't know whether or not everyone was okay for about thirty minutes. Yeah, because they weren't showing it on that like, usually they show replays like straight away. Yeah. But we weren't getting any replays and that's when I was like, Okay, this is actually not good. Well Did the screens just show like all the cars in bit lane? Yeah, and then they started showing like the crash from some people's like dashes but mm-hmm. not really anything to do with the kind of just the impact and then it went off to the side and mm-hmm. they were kind of just trying to be like positive like yeah. what's his name Jack Jones or someone was playing music <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was definitely everyone was a bit like this is not okay this is yeah. scary red flag it was it was it was definitely a spooky one. It was probably one of the scariest accidents I've seen watching this sport. I mean that and the fire one with Grosjean. Grosjean, yeah, that I haven't been watching it as long as you, obviously. But um, those two for me really stand out. But they're all frightening. Yeah. <laughs> they're all horrible. After that, Guan Yu just got taken to the medical center. I don't think they even sent him to hospital. He just no. got checked over. Was cleared. Alex was flown to Coventry. Um. And then after that, a few hours after the race, everyone was like, oh yeah, Alex is fine. He'll be racing next week. Which a lot of people were unhappy with the Williams that they weren't giving any updates for so long. There was a lot of suspense at one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the suspect. photo of him in hospital was very like... Yeah. Ah, um, but quickly back to George, because obviously Alex and Guan Yu DNF on the spot. George only had a puncture. Mm-hmm. And his DNF was actually the result of some... Well, helpful, but helpful in the wrong way, Marshalls. I know. It's very frustrating, especially as it's a home race. Yeah, because the Ah. cars are built in a way this year where they can start themselves up. They don't need a starter. Um, So George could have gotten back into his car and driven it back to the pit lane on three tires. And he told the Marshalls not to touch it. But... They they put were it trying on to be truck. helpful. They were but... trying to be helpful. And this is completely not the Marshall's fault. It's just, you know, it is what it is. But you know what, actually? The best thing he could have done is go running off because now the media here, at least, is being like, he's a hero, he's a saint. Because you remember how after the Valtteri incident, everyone was a bit like, that's not cool when he yeah. went over to him and the British media Bonks. did not did not like that at all. <laughs> but now the British media are like he is the next coming of Christ. He oh my is God. literally people are obsessed with George Russell at the moment. Wow. So it's the best thing he could have done for his PR. Honestly. Damn. 
that is the best yeah. thing. He's being seen as like a hero. People are like, he could have won the race. You know, all this stuff. Oh my <laughs> so God, that's crazy. it's good for him, maybe. Because it was yeah. bad with Valtteri. Funny man, you bumped him on the head. <laughs> However, we also, I have to give absolute props to the marshals this weekend because yeah. we were just reminded that they are all volunteers and honestly, marshals should get paid. Um, because of the protesters. Another thing that we didn't hear about until I was at home on Sunday evening. Yeah, so know. this was on, actually, there's videos floating around Tumblr. Um, there were about six or seven people that managed to get on track during the red flag. So I think they were intending on coming out, like, during lap two. Yeah. Uh, which... It's honestly kind of a stroke of fate that we had a red flag in place when when they decided. Do you know what to they were track. protesting? Was it um, fuel? It was um, it was climate justice protesters. Yeah. I think it was Extinction Rebellion members, but I'm not entirely okay. sure. Um, which I fully agree with their message. Yeah, but you know, don't the execution. The execution. I'm not sure about. Do not. Do not, and I repeat, do not get onto a racetrack when there is an active race going on. Do not do that. I think like, Martin Rundle posted something about it, and I actually agree yeah. with him. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, like, that would have been awful. That would it would have been terrible. So bad. If these protesters try to block off a racetrack, they're bringing harm not just to themselves, but to the marshals and the drivers. They're putting other people at risk. That's what really gets me your protesting should not put unwilling people at risk also they i feel like sky does not show you how fast they are going they are going so fast <laughs> like i never realized how fast they were going so they have not got time to really break if it's no. unexpected when they got onto the track, because it was already red flag conditions, there were a couple of cars still on track, but slow. You see a Haas drive by, you see an Alpha Tauri drive by, and the marshals literally have to pick up these people and drag them off of the track. Uh, yeah, wow, I, I did not hear about this. I it's, thought that they didn't manage to do it in the end. I didn't realize that they actually got on the track. They got onto the track, they got onto the track. How do you stop it though? They're gonna have to beef up security. There was no security. I did have my bag checked once. Wow. I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, they're probably going to have to implement something. It's like 140,000 people, I guess. They just think we can't. But, like, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they do it for, like, any football games I've been to. They, they, you have security. Any I could have had, like, a padlock to padlock myself to Max's car, and they wouldn't, I, they wouldn't know. <laughs> What I would have killed to see that. <laughs> <laughs> you will not race. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nothing to do with the climate. Just don't um, like you. But yeah, so shout out to the marshals. Honestly, they deserve to get paid. Why don't they get paid? I don't know. I don't know. They're all volunteers. Um, Crazy. But yeah. So, because of that. Um, moving on to actual race stuff. Then we have the controversial FIA decision when it comes to the restart. Lewis! <laughs> it was such a good start. <laughs> he had a brilliant start. Man's got up to P3 beautiful. on the 
Oh. It was beautiful. And then the FIA decide to reset everything. They're like, you know like, what? Fuck that. <laughs> We're going to start with the, with the qualifying order. And I no, didn't get that at all. Because they hadn't completed a lap. But I don't really... What's the point of the rule? I'm not sure. I think it's so that people don't throw their race to help like their teammates and stuff. Okay. Um, but I don't quite know... Like, I don't know the actual regulations. I mean, it kind of allowed Carlos to have a second go at it. So, (laughs) you know. That was that. A lot of teams actually switched for softs because they were like, you know what? That start was way too That was shite. (laughs) (laughs) Let's redo that. Yeah, it was was Um, bizarre, but yeah. Yeah. Um, So we get a new start. Um, Carlos and Charles stay where they are and the Red Bulls do as well. Lando gets past Lewis at the start. Um, and at the start, also, like, Pierre, Yuki, and Ocon all jumped four places immediately. Yeah. Um, both Perez and Charles damaged their front wings battling with each other, so Checo pitted early. Um, Vettel also pitted early. Then we see Carlos get caught out, goes off track real quick, and Max goes straight past him. Yeah, he made a bit of a mistake or something. However, Max then gets a puncture. I can't tell you how that I shouted. <laughs> the crowd. I'm so loud. They are valid for this. <laughs> oh my god, the British crowd. I've never been proud to be British, but like, that weekend you I found, was. You I felt like people. people. I felt you like, felt guys, people. we're British, come on. And it was so good. Oh my god, the booing after qualifying. Oh my god. I felt bad for him though. Like, I felt like. You could hear it through the skies. You could hear it on TV. You could hear the booing. It was so loud because I wasn't even that near the bit with the interviews and I could hear the booing. And I mean, there were people with like max tops on, like 33, and everyone was just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Where's your British, like, hat? Yeah. <laughs> but, um,. I think people were a bit conflicted, though, because people really like Lando. So when mm. Lewis was overtaking Lando, it was a bit like, <laughs> do we cheer to What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> but I think people really wanted Lewis to win because yeah. it's like his eighth, would, would have been his ninth or eighth win. It would have been his ninth. But it's okay. He can win in Brazil. <laughs> Absolutely. The second home um, race. Then we, so... Max had a puncture, down to P6. Then we see Yuki spinning himself and Pierre, and he gets handed a five-second penalty for that. Yeah, that was a bit of a whoopsie. Um, then we have a bunch of pit stops. Muck, pit stop was so slow. <laughs> and suddenly in lap 20, Valtteri is DNFing. He has a mechanical issue, just couldn't finish the race. They had to retire the yeah. car. Yeah. They didn't. Ex- I don't think they explained what the technical issue was. It was just a technical what issue. What a bad weekend for Alfa Romeo. Yeah. yeah. Gasly got a black and orange flag and they had to retire the car. And at that point, the Ferraris were cleared to fight each other. So they swapped. And Charles got ahead of Carlos for a while. And then we got a second round of pit stops, which was when Merck's slow pit stop happened around lap 34. And then on lap 37, we see Esteban get past Max, and then they reverse the lap after. Which, this is a rivalry that goes way back, and I don't think people realize this. Oh god, the punch. (laughs) Second of all, they 
raced each other during like their karting days. And Esty shares stories about how aggressive Max has been his entire life. I don't doubt him. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing new. Like Esty says several times, he's like, oh yeah, people used to not believe me as to how aggressive Max is. Here you go. Take a look. I mean, his car was so slow though. I cannot tell you. I could yeah. see it coming like a mile off. I was like, that's a Red Bull. <laughs> it yeah. was so slow, but Esteban, I don't think even any of the people around me knew who he was. And they were all cheering for him. Because <laughs> it was Max. <laughs> but Max, because Max didn't just have a puncture. What actually happened is he had floor damage. Really bad. Like, yeah. terrible damage. I think there's really a picture bad. of him, like, holding it. Like, a whole chunk. <laughs> basically destroyed his own floor by going over a curb wrong. That's on him. Unfortunately, because, well, Max get past Esteban, but he got past Esteban because Esteban had a technical issue and he stopped on the old pit straight. And we got a safety car. We got a full safety car. A bunch of people pitting for softs. And now we discuss Ferrari's failures. It was disgusting. They had to capitalize. They had to with the championship. How dare Mattia Bonotto compare Ferrari's decision, and I say decision, to not pit Charles to Abu Dhabi and the manipulation of last year. This shouldn't be in the same sentence. Not in the same house. Same street. They do not work together. They do not work together. These two things are not, they are not one and the same. Because I was right by the pits and I saw Charles go through. I was like, oh, they're not pitting him. That's odd. And then I saw like Carlos going into the pits and then Lewis and uh, everyone into the pits. I was like, that was a mistake. That was yeah. not good. Not yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, they have the audacity to ask Carlos to back back everyone up. I know. To compensate not for their it. mistake. No. They had to do good this weekend, especially when Max had, like, a failure. To compensate for their own failures, they're like, Carlos, back up, Lu- back up Lewis. And Carlos is like, that's fucking Lewis Hamilton. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, but Absolutely not. I understand it's hard because you're the first car. And it is like, you know, when Lewis was the only one to start the race because he went past the pits and everyone else pitted. But, like, at the same time, come on, guys. Come on. This is basic. It is absolutely basic. Just appalling. Ferrari... mm. They're losing their own championship. They finally have a championship winning car. There's just no thoughts. On a serious team. Last year, at the end of the year, they were like, if we don't have like a, a car that's competitive enough for the championship, or you failed. And now Mattia Bonotto was like, oh yeah, we're not competing for the championship. Huh? I don't understand it because... I think they were, they were saying that like Charles should have won like the last four races if it was yes, for DNFs or strategy. Nothing to it's, do with him. Yeah, nothing to do with him. He had the chance to like have, I think it's something like over a hundred points over the course of the last four races. He's gotten thirty four. He was sounded so done with the team. Honestly, like he sounded so like enough. I would be too. I would be too. And then. Everyone pits. We get a restart with, like, what, five laps left? And we have drama. Perez, out of nowhere, 
like a secret assassin. Chapo <laughs> managed to get back up after his early pit to yeah. remedy his wing. But I saw him on the leaderboard and I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. I didn't. And then he was just there. Yeah. I was like, go back. What are you doing here? Send him back. You're not invited. <laughs> so, just, I don't have everything like written down detail by detail because my entire family came to watch the last one. I love that. All I love it. I love it. All of us, it was it was four people in my house cheering. Well, it was me and 140,000. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but hopefully that support was felt from several thousand miles away. Oh, we felt um, it. But we restart. Charles tries to get away, but Carlos ends up passing him fairly quickly, despite the fact that Ferrari tell him not to pass Charles. Carlos is like, oh, fuck that. Bye. I can see my first race win. See you never. So uh, Carlos gets past Charles. Perez gets past Lewis. And then we see essentially a three-way battle for second. It was amazing. It was the best racing I've ever seen, honestly. We have... so. Checo's trying to get past Charles, and Lewis is trying to get past both of them. Um, Lewis goes through. <laughs> yeah, through let, me, let, me, let me let me find the Mercedes post because Mercedes were shit posting about it. And I, I can't it. tell you the noise, and this guy was like slapping me and my dad on the back, like, "Come on, lad! Come on, lad!" <laughs> oh, yeah. but literal, literal crafty quote that has been now circulating the internet. Leclerc has that inside line. Perez goes off the track, cuts the chicane. Off goes Leclerc. The road goes Hamilton. It was the Perez Hamilton, and I just saw it on the graphic. I was like, "What is happening?" Like the, the noise, the noise. It was, it was amazing. Perez and Charles essentially run each other off track really briefly, and Lewis yeah. is like. I see my gap, and he just went, literally like like the eye of a needle. Like yeah. <laughs> he just went. I, I thought he'd done it, but unfortunately, but unfortunately he did. Um, and then after that, we have Checo and Lewis battling a little bit, and then comes the question of whether or not Checo should have been penalized. I thought he was a bit on the edge to be honest i sort of thought there'd be a five second penalty i can't remember i i was expecting a five second penalty as well because to me it looked like he ran ran them both off to be honest ran both off track um i thought we were gonna get a second yeah and i keep seeing now people who don't necessarily have anything against red bull but like tweets and stuff on tumblr floating around of people saying that uh asking questions whether or not Red Bull have someone on the inside. Well, you wasn't Christian Horner having dinner with like FIA president and they travel everywhere together. Yeah, there's that. But I'm actually I'm gonna check who the stewards were for this week. Because uh, I thought it was pretty cut and dry. I thought it was just like, yeah, he, he ran him off. That'll be a five yeah. second penalty. Like not emotional. But um Nope, never came. But I do think that uh, the FIA, just in general, and the people who do work in the stewards room need to be cleared a little bit more carefully. But unfortunately, the FIA is a self, uh, self-policing self institution. Yeah, that's so the we problem. we don't necessarily <laughs> have someone who's uh, willing to investigate the FIA and actually... I mean, isn't it like they always say, like, marking your own homework or whatever? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they check their own homework. So there's a lot of questions about whether or not Red Bull have people on the inside because both Max and Checo have several instances where they run people off track and they don't get penalized for it. But it's not even like they didn't get penalized. It's like they, there's no talk about it. It's yeah. like it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> Checo's got noted, but then brushed aside. Nothing gets talked about, and there's never any like replays or when Lewis does anything or when Charles does anything, or you know, there's like a million replays every single angle. Like, you know, it's bizarre. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, but yeah, he got a second, didn't he? Yeah, Choco got second, although I think he should have gotten a five second penalty for at least for one of the which would have put him fourth, I think. Yeah, I would have put him fourth because they got far ahead of Alonso and everyone behind Alonso. There was quite a significant gap. Yeah, we had some serious last lap drama. It was intense. I wish races could always be like that, honestly. Oh, and in terms of last lap drama, the racing between Mick and Max. Again, I thought he was going to get something. I thought thought Max was going to get Yeah. Did you see the statement that Max, what Max said about that racing? That if he didn't move, then they'd both go out or something. Yeah, and that Mick was smart enough not to continue pushing. That's what happens if you don't give me enough space. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing. Buddy, if you're having to talk like that about the people you're racing with, maybe you're the problem. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> I I was so scared that Mick was going to not get his first points. Like, I could see yeah. them in the distance. I could see them like doing this. I was like, back out. Back out. <laughs> not worth it. Make this is not the time. Make, no. <laughs> but, um, it was very hard racing. I would say over hard racing. Yeah. I used to say yeah. that Checo was hard racing. But mm. now I'm being like, is Checo hard racing? I'm doubting myself. Checo's aggressive, but he knows the limits. Yeah, like, with, um, like last year, I think in the last race, he yeah, was quite yeah. hard with Lewis, but it was always fair. I think Lewis was a little bit too fair at times this weekend yeah. because he did leave a lot of space a lot of the time. But um, I think most of the time, everyone was very fair, apart from the two Red Bull drivers. <laughs> yeah, what's new? Yeah, no further investigation for Checo, no further investigation for Max. And we end the race with signs and first. It's his first ever race win. It was good. I felt like I don't know. I felt I felt like it was kind of out of, not out of nowhere, but I really thought it was going to be Charles or yeah. Lewis. I didn't think it would be Carlos. I thought he might have lacked a bit of pace. Ferrari fumbled it uh, again, again. I do you think they're out of championship contention now? If they don't get their shit together. And I think Max needs to DNF, like, twice. (laughs) Well, I mean, if Charles wins almost every race by the end of the season, then he, yeah, he's got it. But Ferrari need to seriously sort out their strategy. Red Bull are literally a machine at the moment, though. They are the fastest pit stops, the fastest qualifying car. You know who had the fastest pit stop this weekend, actually? Was it uh, Alpine? Yeah. Oh my god, that was a guess! (laughs) Oh my god. They had the fastest pistol. I don't know how they managed it, but they did. Oh my god. Um, did we talk about um, Vettel's like, historic lap? That was cool. In oh, the car. Yes. In the car. And he, yes. He it's bought the car. That was yeah, cool. Yeah, so um, first of all, Nigel Mansell was there all weekend. He was lovely. Nigel Mansell's great. We love him. Um, 
and Seb bought his championship winning car. Well, not the championship winning car, but it was a race winning car from that year. Yeah. Very pretty. From 1990. Blue and yellow. Very pretty. Yeah. The blue and yellow FW14B Old Williams. It was loud. <laughs> it was very loud. <laughs> but Seb bought it uh, in, like ages ago. First of all, because they both race with the number five. So he was like, yeah, the red the red five. I, I want it. I want it. Which I don't blame him. Um, but he pulled it out from his garage. As you do. Test out. <laughs> <laughs> to test out the new carbon neutral fuels. Yeah, we had to talk car. about that because Selena would definitely want to talk about that. So Seb is continuing his uh, climate change related stuff and did a lap. And of course, it's um, one of the pillars of We Race as One. So yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And he did his lap and then a bunch of people were walking around looking at the car including the Mercedes boys. Got an eye on it. <laughs> that another eye on it. There were a couple of really nice moments with Nigel Mansell. When when Seb gets out of the car, they share like one of the most wholesome hugs I've seen. It's very cute. He clearly was very happy that the car is being put to this kind of use. I think you sent me the video of like Nigel Mansell um, taking Lewis to the crowd. Yeah. That was very yeah. endearing. He, like, he's talking to Lewis. Like They're talking all three of them, Seb, Lewis, and Nigel. And Nigel just kind of reaches I gently for Lewis's <laughs> thumb, grabs Lewis's thumb and like pulls him out <laughs> and like shows him to the crowd. It was a, you know, quite romantic. <laughs> he bows to him as well. Yeah, wow. That's that's the respect I want. Where where yeah. is this respect? Exactly. So we we appreciate Nigel mm. very much. Subs did his lap. It was really nice, and I'm glad they're actively working towards carbon neutral fuel because that is the goal. So with the finishing race order, we had... I have mixed feelings about this podium. But, you know, that is... I kind of thought it was going to be Eshel, Lewis, and Carlos. Mm -hmm. Like Ferrari and... Ferrari sandwich. Yeah. But it it was... was taken away. (laughs) It was taken away. But we had signs first... Checo second, Lewis third. So that's our podium. And then Charles was fourth. Fernando Alonso was fifth. Lando was sixth. Max was seventh, which I'd like to see him there a little more often. Oh my god, it was beautiful. So much better when he wasn't there. <laughs> so yeah, the race was so much more entertaining when he was so there. so much fun. This is what people used to say about Lewis, though, to be fair. They used to be like, when he mm. was out, it was anyone's. But he's so much like, who was it that said? Someone, somebody tweeted like, "I'm sorry, but it's better when Lewis is in a competitive car, like mm. when he's there, not just stuck in sixth." Yeah, yeah. Um, Mick was eighth, Seb was ninth, and Kevin was tenth. So we had a double Haas points finish for the first time in like three years. I would say cool, which is great. With no upgrades, um, they made the no most upgrades of it. as well. Uh, Lance was 11th, Nicholas Latifi was 12th, Danny was 13th, and then Yuki was the last finishing car in 14th. Quite a lot. And we had six cars DNF. So DNFs, Pierre, Esteban Ocon, Valtteri, George, Guan Yu, and Alex. All of them DNF'd. So yeah, it was a first win for Carlos, first points for Mick, and Gina and Corinna Schumacher were there as well, celebrating with Mick. It was very cute. And it was a record-breaking Silverstone podium for Lewis. He now holds the highest number of podiums at any single track. That's something. 
Apparently some Ferrari staff refused to attend the podium at Silverstone. Really? Mm-hmm. Probably Charles's side of the garage. Well, I'm not, I'm not really, like, that surprised, to be honest. But I think the last thing, last couple of things to mention, um, in terms of social media-related things, Roscoe Cam. Amazing. Bring it back. I want to see it, Austria. Bono. Oh, my God. I want to see it every single weekend. I want to see Roscoe Vlogs of the Paddock every weekend. Give it to us, please. It was so good. It was very aesthetic, I have to say. It was very aesthetic. <laughs> and clearly, Roscoe has a great time. He has a wonderful time. He has a better life than most people. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, the footage of Mick playing with Roscoe. Oh someone... God. Did he see the same thing? I mean, Lena said... Probably. <laughs> yeah. The fact that they're both sons of seven <laughs> Yeah, that was really good. That was really good. And there were a couple of moments during the red flag that I forgot to mention. First of all, we had the um, boy band moment with Mercedes and Lewis. That was very funny when you said that. <laughs> <Very> funny. <laughs> all the mechanics sitting there. Angela got a really good photo of them. And there's the one random McLaren guy sitting in the back. Just like, why am I here? Well, yeah, I guess we can move on to our segments. Driver of the day. Okay, Lewis, actually, why am I even pretending to think about this? I mean, let's, let's actually be serious. Like, mm-hmm. Lewis, he did everything. He deserved that win. I'm sorry. Yeah. Carlos, like, great. 150. It was your time, too. But not Silverstone. The man is a wizard at Silverstone. He's in, like, a tractor. Mm-hmm. I would have been mm-hmm. really interested to see where George finished. Maybe yeah, to see too. about the upgrades and stuff. And also with the Williams. Would have been interesting. But, um, wow. I mean, the dedication (laughs) and the racecraft and really it was just the pit stop and the safety car. But, um, yeah, the rest, 100%. Yeah. He was in the sim until, like, dead of night. Yeah. Yeah. He's already in the sim again, I saw earlier, for Austria. Also, the interview, the vibes, the British crowd. Like, he put on a show. He put on a show. So yeah, 100% Lewis, 100%. In terms of fashion, I'm actually going to give it this weekend to Guan Yu. Ooh, okay. Explain. Because Lewis showed up in skinny jeans on Sunday. I'm sorry. I think he was having a moment. I think he wasn't okay. (laughs) It's okay to not be okay. (laughs) I loved Lewis's, like, um, the tracksuit that he wore on Saturday. I liked his hat, his neon hat. His hat was great. Um, um, but the the jeans, honey, no. I think maybe he left his wardrobe at home or something. He had a maybe. freak out. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe he was fully just dressing himself this weekend. Well, so. don't ever do that again. Don't get I experimental. Don't I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm going to have to give the fashion one to Guan Yu because he, he looked great. He did really good. Next, we have we have the Red Bull Ring. Charles needs to win. <laughs> Badly. Well, first of all, gross. First of all, gross because it's Red Bull Ring. Mm. Second of all, gross because it's a sprint weekend. Oh yeah, God, it's That's a not sprint good. weekend. I'm not. Mm. Where are the other sprints going to be? Austria. Somewhere? The last one. So we already had a sprint. Did we? When? Yeah, Imola. Imola. Imola was a sprint. God, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. I think a lot of people blocked it out. out. <laughs> Drama. <laughs> that was a sprint. Um, what is 
also going to be a sprint is Brazil. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that with the new Mercedes car. But... Brazil Brazil yielded good results with the sprint last yes. year. Yes. Oh my god. It's amazing. We shall see about this year. I hope I hope that Lewis's new Brazilian citizenship will fuel him. Oh yeah, I'm sure. He loves that place. He loves that place. Like, and I love how him. much it loves him back. Yeah, you know? that's that, that, that's the clincher. That, I love yeah. it. But I think the last thing I really wanted to mention was I the TikTok I sent you earlier yesterday. I just wanted to comment real quick on the fact that if you look at so many other sports nowadays, tennis, football, basketball, hockey, this may just be an American bias sort of thing because in the US a lot of athletes do this. I wish more F1 drivers spoke up about relevant political issues when it comes to their home countries when they're on during the press conferences 100 percent. because there's clips of like american um i'm gonna say soccer because it, it, in america it is called soccer but what you would call football, football. Um, <laughs> there are clips of american soccer players just completely refusing to discuss anything about the game they're like this is irrelevant because we have bigger issues at the moment and using the fact that they have a large large platform to talk about things like gun reform why don't f1 drivers do this truly yeah i know i mean lewis did the t-shirt thing yeah lewis talks about lewis and seb talk about these things openly during press conferences and they get a lot of hate for it a lot why why people like politics and sport shouldn't mix and it's like they're not isolated things they're not isolated things they work hand in hand and clearly people who watch f1 don't seem to watch other sports this seems to be like an ongoing like a a general it's like they don't understand motorsports only watch motorsports meanwhile i grew up watching hockey and i grew up watching basketball you did loads and like i grew up going to bruins games as well and there it is very much like team versus team kind of rivalry yeah but the vibes are immaculate okay (laughs) the vibes are great i have so many videos of just like a stupid cheering and chants that we do anyways people that go to people that watch motorsports should watch other sports get out of the bubble get out of the bubble (laughs) there's more out there please there's so much more out there so much more good sports content um like i have watch motorsports please it's a great time like i grew up watching regular sports and branching out into motorsports was something i did do as i got older but also people should do the reverse because people associate motorsports with this level of elitism that is not present in other sports i definitely think it would change a lot of people's perspectives immensely because like a bunch of like the members of the two hockey teams that i support i support the boston bruins because I'm from Massachusetts. And that means nothing also, to me, but sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I there's also a team in Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Which what? I Penguins? Grew- <laughs> yeah, they're called the Penguins. I they're love great. it. Um, which also the Bruins are named the Bruins because they, their mascot's a bear. A bear. I say it always bears or lions. Growing up, if you grew up in New England, which is like Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont, you grew up a sports fan. 
because we have some of the most impressive sports teams in the U.S. We have the Boston Bruins for hockey. We have the New England Patriots for American football, which is the team that Tom Brady used to play for. And if you know, everyone knows Tom Brady at this point. Oh, yeah. Like, I only he's, know he's, he's a US, household name. But okay. <laughs> he's a household name. But he played for the New England Patriots for like 15 years. He was our star quarterback until he moved to Florida, which everyone here now despises Are him you for. bitter? Okay, okay. I see. A lot of people are better. I never watch American football, so... But I, I know his name. I know a lot of the American football players' names okay. on the Patriots because there's constant exposure. We have the Boston Celtics for basketball. And we have the Boston Red Sox for Had baseball. Of them. Exactly. We have teams that are known on a worldwide scale. So when you grow up in New England, especially if you grow up in Massachusetts, you are going to grow up surrounded by sports. That's crazy. That's crazy. Cool. All the people within sports teams that I follow outside of motorsports, like hockey players or, like I, I don't know, various uh, football players, they have very much more grounded approaches toward just life in general. Like, some of them have TikToks that they post on regularly and that sort of thing. Like, it's not PR teams running them, it's just them. I also feel like they have more of a perspective. Like, they're just a bit more aware. Like it, I, I'm sure yeah. the F1 drivers are aware. It's just they're not allowed to seem aware. <laughs> it's yeah. very weird. So, I'm the fact that, like, F1 is so insulated and so many motorsports are so insulated from everything that happens around them, it's not a good thing. No, imagine if there was no, like, Vettel and there was no Lewis. Like, what would it be like? like crazy town. <laughs> just be a of people like an echo chamber of people regurgitating the same bullshit no it definitely has I'm, I'm seriously worried about what's going to happen to the sport once seb and lewis retire because who's going to take that bat on who is going to lead it i don't know i think that's why they're putting so much work into the um hamilton commission but you need someone who's brave enough to speak about it and the energy yeah, Crystal Ball, what are your what are your thoughts for next race? I think Max is gonna be on the warpath and I think he's gonna get pole. I think he's gonna win. But I think George and Lewis might be a bit feisty towards each other, mm-hmm. might be a third place. Mm-hmm. And I think Ferrari are gonna mess up on the strategy yeah. somehow. It looks like Mercedes have finally gotten their shit together in terms of the aero aspects of the car. I really so hope so. It would definitely spice it up. Agreed. Yeah. So yeah, we've got Red Bull to look forward to this weekend. Sprint. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sprint. Activities. Do you have any predictions? or? Um, I think Red Bull are going to try to capitalize on this weekend as much as they can. I don't know whether it's going to be Max or Checo benefiting from that. Though. I I have a bad feeling about this weekend. Bad vibe. Okay. I'm not see. Hopefully, yeah. I'm very wrong. I hope so. I do like Australia. Uh, Australia, it's a it's a good track, but the fact that it's named the Red Bull Ring already leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> On that brilliant note, we will wrap it up here. Like I said, we're going to do more like in-depth actual race experience after I go to the New York Epre. Um, We'll do an episode on that. Um, yeah. So you will hear from us next week as we talk about Austria. Woo!
we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye.